Welcome to the Tearing It Up podcast. I'm your host, Taryn. We'll be tearing it up, tearing it down, and tearing it apart, dissecting all things related to those who deviate from the standard. From leaders of their industry to leaders of mediocrity, and maybe a gear review or two thrown in. We shoot the shit and let the conversations flow, so if that's not your style, this may not be for you. Otherwise, listen in. Hope to light a fire in you somehow. All right. Hello, everybody. Um, I'm here at the Outsprings event, Swell. This is the last full day, and I'm really excited to have a few of the vendors with me today to just chat about what brought them to Swell, how they heard about it, and what they're here for, what their business is, what they're representing, and uh, maybe even what they hope to get out of the weekend. So my first guest here is Christine Reed. Um, She has a book I cannot wait to read. We'll talk more about that later. But Christine, welcome. And how did you hear about Swell in the first place? Um, I saw it on Instagram a bunch of times. So that's definitely like Instagram is my social media, my main space on social media. Um, And I follow a ton of outdoorsy women specifically and just different people were posting here and there. And so I'd like seen it a few times and, you know, sometimes you see something one time and you're like, oh, that looks cool, whatever. You forget it exists, but it just kept popping up. And so eventually I reached out to Tammy Jo, who is running the event and was like, hey, can you like tell me a little bit more about it? Maybe I'm interested in coming and hanging out with all these rad outdoorsy women. Awesome. Um, Yeah, I... I met Tammy last year at the Outdoor Media Summit, and so I was really excited Mm. to be here this year, see it in fruition, and to see who was going to be here on the vendor side. So when you reached out to her, was it about attending for business or for just, like, the personal on the attendee side? Um, I was definitely interested in coming as a brand to rep my book um, and to talk about, like, future projects that I have going on. Awesome. Yeah. So you're here uh, today. You have your current book out. Um, for sale at the event Alone in Wonderland. When did you write this? Um, it was published in January of 2021. Okay. Yeah, so it's been out for a minute. Awesome. Um, but I so I saw you. I don't remember. I think it was on Basecamp where I found you too and saw your post about your upcoming project. Um, so I was happy too once we made that connection. Like, okay, yes, that's where I saw you. So it's really cool to have those connections here as well. So for you being here, what exactly are you are you promoting the new project or just the book that's out currently? Um, I have been talking about the new project and it's still in somewhat early phases, so I don't have like a launch date yet, but I'm super psyched to be telling people about it and like just getting the word out a little bit Mm -hmm. so that when it is launch date time, people have heard of it already. Okay. So your brand, um, is that, are you just an author? Are you doing other things in the writing space? What are you, what's the brand you're building? Yeah, so my brand is Rugged Outdoors Women Publishing. Um, So I self-published my first book, but I started my company as a publishing company, and I'm now looking at expanding into publishing other people's stories. Um, And this project I'm working on right now is sort of an intro into that. Um, It's a short story collection that'll have stories from between 15 and 20 women about their experiences on trail. So it'll be running, trail running, hiking, and backpacking stories um, about the experience of being in a female body. So we're going to be talking about like periods and just like body stuff, um, body image, everything that goes along with that. I love that. And this is such a great event to be at for that. uh, Absolutely. Outdoorsy events for rad women. I think that's the tagline that's on the, uh, the swell banners over there. I think it's very fitting and what a fitting project to be here with. Um, out of this weekend, what were you hoping to get? Like, just more networking with people, telling your story. Um, yeah, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. I mean, I guess when you come to something like this, you're, like, hoping to sell stuff. So, yeah. like, selling books. <laughs> um, but also, yeah, meeting other – because there was going to be a marketplace of, like, brands uh, run by women. I was like, cool, great networking opportunity. Um, I definitely focus generally with – Um, the hiking and running world like that's kind of my space so it's really cool to be here and meet you know um, Jen who runs a snowboard and ski company and like that's so outside my realm Um, but it's been really cool networking with uh, women who are doing other sports Mm -hmm. especially as I move into publishing other people's stories Mm -hmm. and I want to have a bit bigger of an umbrella to include all outdoor activities Mm -hmm. um, not just the ones that I participate in yeah so this is a cool expansion to meet some women who are doing things that I 
don't know anything about and and I'm like excited to learn yeah kind of create that relatedness like now you're not just reading someone's story that you may not have met you're talking to someone physically in that world okay maybe have a little more or different understanding than I did before and that could give you a different perspective rather than reading those stories totally yeah and the you know the outdoor industry is big um and there are not that many women like running companies and it's I think it's cool to like meet other uh lady entrepreneurs who are here ready to lift each other up and make connections and and say like oh you're looking for that like I know somebody who does that um because it's kind of hard you know I know the Outspring has this like platform network Mm -hmm. of like a list of women-owned businesses but like it's just, it's hard to like make those contacts as a random person just being like, hello, I'm Christine, yeah. like sending an email, cold calling, you know, this kind of environment really opens us up to make those connections in a more authentic way. Yeah, the hu- the real human connection of it. We so often rely on that digital connection these days because it is easy. It's easy to get a hold of someone. It's easy to find someone on Instagram or through these Facebook groups and send them a message and hope they respond. Um, and sometimes those work out great, but it, it's just different when it is in person and you can like totally relate that way and have the energy actually flowing between you Uh, so this event I was so happy to to do an in-person event like this too and have some networking uh, on the kind of vendor side because like you said it's so nice to have the support too and reach out to people who are women building each other up because we're so often or were at least like growing up for me it always seemed like women were competition Mm-hmm. That was how we were taught. Like other women are competition. You need to be prettier, better, like smarter than that woman because you need to like win over the man or whatever the storyline is. Um, so it's nice to finally have that plot twisted of like, no, we're building each other up. Yeah. Um, and we're not against each other. This is a big industry. Not everyone's for everyone. So there is space for all of us here. Totally. Yeah. And then like, you know, the quote unquote customer facing side where like these there are women here who came just to participate in a women's event just to do the outdoorsy thing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they're not industry people. They're just people who are interested in the outdoors. And I love interacting with um, especially people who are new to the outdoors. And I feel like a lot of times these big events get a lot of people who are like interested but not sure how to start Mm -hmm. or they want to come to learn something and like interacting with those people who are like more at the beginning of their quote-unquote outdoor journey um who are looking to learn and looking to be inspired and looking to see someone else who's doing what Mm -hmm. they want to do um and that's always really exciting to me because I wasn't raised doing these things I didn't grow up with an outdoorsy background uh and so I know what it's like to be new Mm -hmm. and nervous and not sure and it's it's really fun to see people starting that journey and getting into things for the first time and like overcoming those fears and barriers and like you know offering them a hand in that process yeah absolutely that's what I love about this event is having the vendors here as well I think it makes it a little more approachable to those like newer outdoor outdoorsy people that like hey yeah I I may own this brand or be doing this and like to them maybe look like an expert but like I'm still going to talk to you like there's no I'm better than you kind of thing we're all here um, with the same kind of goal in life and it just puts everyone on the same level and I feel like it makes these some of the newer folks to the outdoors make you feel like I said approachable and they can reach out to you and they can get to where you are maybe if they want to you know um so it's been it's been a great event. Is there anything particular that stands out to you this weekend, like a number one like um, thing, connection, something? This was a, a topic, or not a topic, but what Tammy Joe asked in the beginning, a theme rather, of a connection that you made here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> honestly, like there's this has been a really small event, and mm-hmm. so I've had amazing conversations with like probably half the people who are here Mm -hmm. and I think that's really nice because when you go to a super busy event and you're standing at a table and you're talking about your product over and over and over again you're just giving the spiel um you know you make a lot of two second connections um but this has been much a much slower paced event Mm -hmm. and so I've been able to actually like have like deep conversations with multiple people which 
as an introvert is not really my stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Normally at an event, I'll be like, okay, I met one person and I like hung out with them the whole time and like they're my best friend now. Yeah. Um, but this has been great because I've actually talked to like several different people and even like you're one of them. Mm-hmm. Like I knew about your podcast. I had been interested in reaching out. I'd like sort of put it on my list of things to do and like not gotten there yet. And then you just showed up and I was like, oh, this is great. Yeah, Perfect. It's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. I had a hard time obviously phrasing that question and also answering it when I thought about it myself. It was like, because there's not one thing that stood out because like you said in a smaller event like I've met so many people and connections here that I can't actually just place like one or feel like one was better than the other so yeah yeah. well before we get out of here um, leave the listeners with a place to find you and um, anything else you want to leave them with yeah so I'm on Instagram and TikTok Rugged Outdoors Woman um, my website is ruggedoutdoorswoman.com so that is the, that's all you have to remember <laughs> um, and then yeah you can buy my book at my website I also have some sweet like female forward t-shirts stickers kind of like merchy stuff um, and there is a contact form and like please reach out to me email me DM me on Instagram I'm super accessible I love talking to people about their passions and like answering questions and just being a support awesome I will link all that in the show notes so you guys can find her and hopefully we will have Christine back on soon to talk more about her book and ongoing projects sweet awesome thank you Christine okay I am here with Jen Gurecki did I say that right first Gurecki of of Coalition Snow Uh, I'm so happy to have met her here in person I've seen her speak at different events in and around Tahoe and it's just really awesome to have another Tahoe gal here and a business that I've been following uh, since its early years, when their office was above the crest, where I started working, uh, that was my first job in Tahoe, was at the crest. Um, so I followed the journey of them for a while. So super cool to be here with Jen, and we're actually in her van right now, uh, making a little mini podcast studio because it got quite loud outside with the other vendors. So Jen, can you tell us how you found out about Outspring and Swell and what brought you here? Yeah, I... I'm a part of various outdoor um, groups, and so there's one particular group called Base Camp, which is uh, was created for people who are looking to break into the industry or um, basically get jobs in the industry. And I know the people who started it, and they're lovely women. And so, just in the spirit of like women supporting women, I am a participant in Base Camp. And then it was through base camp that I met Tammy Joe and then we met in person at the outdoor media summit last year and uh, then as she was beginning to put this event together reached out probably in the beginning of summer asking if I wanted to participate and then we had a conversation what that would look like and now I'm here that's amazing that's also how I met Tammy was the outdoor media summit and then following her along on base camp so we've talked about base camp um, and the summit several times on the podcast so it's awesome to have that same kind of similar connection as well. And so you're here with Coalition, but also mm-hmm. you were a speaker. Yeah. Um, so is how did it start? Was it you coming here with Coalition or you, with you speaking or was it all in the same kind of conversation? Well, I knew that one of the things that Tammy Jo wanted to put together was a specific business track. And what I had shared with her is... You know, I've been in business for over a decade and prior to starting Coalition, I'd started another business in East Africa and prior to that I had another business. So it felt like the track that she wanted to put together was really geared toward people who were starting businesses. And so I said, well, I think that there's a value that I could add to the group just because I've been doing this for a while and then that's how it came to be that it would make sense for me to speak. Awesome. Mm-hmm. So for those out there, we have a big Tahoe-based audience, but also some in Washington and then, you know, some outside of the industry, of the ski and snowboard industry, that is. So can you tell the audience just a little bit about Coalition Snow? Uh, because I love hearing this from you. <laughs> like, we just talked about it outside of the gal looking at things. Yeah. And it still just blows my mind that 10 years later... It's the same story. No one should be surprised. Um, Coalition Snow is the only women-owned and operated ski and snowboard brand. And the the conversation we were just having outside is like literally you can count the number of women in leadership positions in hard goods snow sports on one hand. So you have Donna Carpenter Burton, um, Annalise from Icelandic, Stephanie from Niche, and then there's Coalition. Um, And we're the only... um, 
founded by women and owned and operated skis and snowboards. Uh, and I started Coalition 10 years ago because I felt like what the industry was serving up to women and the narrative around women uh, did number one wasn't representative of the experiences that I was having or the women that I surrounded myself with and really was doing us a disservice and we didn't need to be uh, an afterthought or remain in the margins and so the entire mission of coalition is to really amplify the experiences and the perspectives um, of of women and do that through exceptional um, hard goods, skis and snowboards, and exceptional experiences, which now we're running um, super fun adventure trips, like ski trips in Japan and cycling through Kenya and, and all sorts of things. So That's amazing. I actually have a Shred the Patriarchy shirt on right so now cute. as we speak. <laughs> I love it. It's got... Um, some naked women snowboarding on the sleeves. Mm -hmm. I'm a sucker for anything on the sleeves mm -hmm. when it's writing or design. Mm -hmm. So this was perfect and just so serendipitous. Mm -hmm. um, but with Coalition being here too, I feel like it just fits in perfectly as well as this like inaugural event for the Outspring is trying to bring rad outdoorsy women together. And I think these, as uh, Christine and I talked about, a lot of these events can bring people like beginners, um, mm -hmm. people new to the outdoors, and uh, or that's who they attract rather. And so I think it's just really great for Coalition to be here and for you to be here and speaking to these women like, hey, there is a place for us. We're meant to mm -hmm. be here and it doesn't have to be this like narrative of what you've been told your mm -hmm. possibly whole life about what the outdoors is for women and what's mm -hmm. available to you. Like there is more than that out there. Um, and sometimes you have to search for it a little bit harder, you know, like not all these brands are like forward facing or get as much media or attention as they should. And like how many, you know, the gal out here, I don't know if she skis or snowboards, but this is a great opportunity for you to reach other people mm -hmm. who aren't in that industry to be like, oh my God, like there's women out there doing what you're doing. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. So I'm so glad that you're here. And you. um, what does this weekend brought to you? Any specific feelings or connections or, or anything? Because I know you've been in the industry for a while, in the outdoor industry, and I'm sure you've done tons of events or anything. Mm -hmm. Is there anything particular about this weekend? Anything new that it's brought you or anything well, special? I would say that coming to events like this is an affirmation of the power of affinity groups. And by affinity groups, what I mean is like you're, you're really thinking about who you're including and who you're excluding. And so this is an event for women specifically and just that there's so much power in bringing bringing women together um, just the conversations that you're able to have uh, primarily because there's just this different level of safety and understanding that you don't get in mixed gender groups um, and just affirming how important these types of experiences are um, and how valuable they are both as a women-founded brand, but then also just for my own personal joy and, yeah. Yeah, I love that. Um, I've done tons of women's events, too, and I always, you know, sometimes I, I doubt, like, well, I've done a lot of these. Am I going to get any? What's special about this one? But every time I come to one, it's like there's always just. Because there's rad of, people. Yeah, you get to just hang exactly. out with fun people all weekend long. Like, what did you do this weekend? Oh, I bet I met a bunch of women yeah. who I'd never met before and made a lot of friends. Yeah. And we're going to do some really fun fucking things together. Yes. Like, that's what happens every time that you come to an event like exactly. this. Exactly. And yeah. it just, like you said, reaffirms like just the power that we mm -hmm. have as women. And when there's a group of women like together and in their power, I feel like there is just nothing else like mm -hmm. it. So when you start to doubt like that you're going to get anything new out of it, um, well, you are. You, <laughs> you are. are. You absolutely you are. are. Yeah. Well, before we end here, mm -hmm. can you tell any the listeners like where to find you um yeah. whether that's website social media whatever and um yeah your other companies yeah absolutely so you can find us online at coalitionsnow.com quick google of coalition skis or coalition snowboards also brings everything up 
Um, you can find us on Instagram, Coalition Snow. We have a brick and mortar store in Reno, Nevada, in the Reno Public Market, um, and we're the the both the store and the global adventure experiences that we're offering are under the name Far Out. So that URL is Let's Get Far Out, and that's also our Instagram handle. But everything's on Coalition Snow. Uh, you can find it all there, and also. Um, it's not wholesome. Just be careful. Just oh, be yeah. careful <laughs> who you open up that Instagram in front of or that website. It is definitely adult oriented. You're welcome, yeah. everyone. Uh, but we were we were joking last night about well, I've been joking that, you know, in Portland on a scale of one to ten of unwholesomeness, we're a three, but in Salt Lake City we're a twelve. So just keep that in mind before you visit anything. Uh, but yeah, coalitionsnow.com. Awesome. Yeah, I love the scale that you've been using for sure. Like that is just that's a great way to to show people where exactly you land. Yeah. Um, and it's perfect being in Utah compared to Portland. Yeah. Yes. Wow. That's yep. a great way. All right, General, thank you so much for your time. My it pleasure. was great to get to chat to you this weekend. And um, all those websites and links will be in the show notes. So look out for those and give Coalition a follow. Okay. I am here with Angie Marie. Do, is that how you introduce yourself or just Angie? Yeah. So I don't know if you want this on the show or not, but I'm divorced and I didn't want to pay to change my last name again. So I'm <laughs> That's using my middle you. name, Angie oh, Marie. Okay. <laughs> okay, here, scoot a little bit uh, closer here. Okay, so we've got Angie Marie um, out here at Swell. She has done a couple kind of workshops, well, a, a talk, and then led a storytelling um, hour that we just did here. And so I saw Angie Marie on LinkedIn and that she was going to be doing a podcast and she hasn't released it yet, but she's almost there and I can't wait to listen to her podcast for the love. And anyways, I got a hold of her and I talked about Swell and she got in touch with Tammy Joe, and now here she is speaking at the event. So I'm super excited to have her and let her kind of tell her story um, in her own words of how she found Swell. <laughs> it's all thanks to Taryn. <laughs> I actually lived in the Salt Lake City area for a few years, but I missed the green and wetness of somewhere else. So I now live in the Pacific Northwest. I drove 10 hours out here because Taryn really turned me on to the idea of this amazing community of like-minded women who love being outside and just enjoying each other's company, supporting female-owned businesses. Basically, that's all it took was yeah. <laughs> you reaching out. And I connected with Tammy Joe before the event, and we talked about my background and teaching menstruators how to use their menstrual cycle for creativity, project planning, their athletic pursuits, building their most adventurous life. I also run a storytelling event in Hood River, Oregon, so I thought, why not bring a little bit of that magic, too? So it was really great. We got to hear a handful of different adventure stories. We heard about flash floods. We heard about learning that you don't have to climb the mountain just because it's there. You can do what makes you feel great. We learned about what happens when you wipe your butt with poison <laughs> ivy by accident. And it was so lovely to hear everybody's varied perspectives. I know when I told my story, I shared about how we all go into nature for some transformation, whether we're realizing it in that moment or not. We all go out into nature to enjoy it and to come out alive, but we all leave with something different. And I hope that this weekend, everybody got something different out of it too, but something that's really needed in our community. Yeah. Jen and I had a little bit of that conversation when I asked, you know, what, what she got from the weekend. And I mentioned that I've done a lot of outdoors like women's events and sometimes before I go you know I question like oh do I need to, you know do I need to go I've done a million of these things and whatever but every time I do like I get something out of it um whether that's meeting new people or hearing new stories whatever it is um and I'm always like why do I ever second guess like the the power of women being together and especially when there's spaces where you can share your stories um, or like you're able to learn new things, meet new people. I mean, it's just an amazing place to be. And I'm so grateful. Like this is being the last day of Swell. You just feel all the feels like, oh my God, we're like wrapping it up. It's like, I always love to be home, but I also don't want it to end. Like these things are so few and far between, especially big events like this. So I'm so happy to, to have been out here. Um, tell us a little bit about like your brand. What do you do? Because I've looked at your website, your LinkedIn, things like that. Um, what all are the things that you do outside of speaking and your storytelling event in Hood River? I'm one of those classic millennials who, who has <laughs> is partaking in what they call polywork. 
essentially you're putting together a handful of different jobs instead of just committing to one full-time job. Mm. I've always felt this way. In fact, in high school, I remember thinking it was a bad thing that I was so well-rounded because that's kind of what they tell you, right? When you're applying to college, they're like, find something that makes you stand out. Be an expert in one thing. You need to be a specialist if you're going to make it in life. And that terrified me because I do not, I am not a one sport athlete. I am not a one passion person. I am very multi-hyphenate and I'm starting to realize now that that can be a good thing. Mm -hmm. So I have what they call a portfolio career. I do different projects. Some of them go on for a long time. Some of them have more succinct endings. Right now I am doing a mixture of writing, speaking, and events for a more adventurous world. And this is one of what you said earlier about it's a little bit of a risk when you commit to driving 10 hours to go for a weekend with women that you don't know. You don't know what you're going to get out of it. But it reminds me of what Jen Gorecki said the other day. I think that was just last night. When you are the boss of a company, it's not just about the financial capital that you're paying people, right? You can also support them with social capital. You can give them Mm -hmm. mental and emotional resources. And I think even though, sure, I like paid gas money to drive 10 hours out here, I'm leaving with so many other different types of capital mm-hmm. through social connections, through even just talking to you last night for hours, yes. highlight of my weekend. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you get so much more out of these experience than the traditional, like, here's a transactional relationship. Mm-hmm. It's really more of a transformational experience. And I'm happy that I got to contribute in a little way by guiding menstrual cycle discussions and how our changing hormones relate to nature and how we can use lessons from nature to lead a more harmony-filled, joy-filled, adventurous life. I love it. And I love that you brought up that um, the, the forms of capital because said so often that's what we see in transactions I work this many hours I get paid this much and I've never really been that type of person in the jobs that I've had I've had many different jobs um, that didn't pay great or didn't have benefits because of the experience it gave me and I always felt kind of out of place with trying to explain that to you people of like well yeah I did that job because it took me to a different country I made eight dollars a day and I had no money in my pocket before I left no money when I got there but there's no other way I would have lived there without that opportunity and we put so much power on the weight of money and especially even sometimes in some of the Facebook groups I'm in there's a lot of talk of not trading services Mm -hmm. or goods anymore and you should always get paid for your time and I think if you feel that way that's great and I understand you know they have another meaning behind it like you just know your worth kind of thing but I still think there is value in in trading energy goods services like if you are on that same page with that person and that's how you want to work it out then that's great if you need to trade financially that's great but if you're finding meaning in other capital which like you said getting here yeah it's like what am i i'm putting money into it. i'm not necessarily immediately getting money out but who knows I, i'll never be able to put a value on what these connections brought me and just the experience brought me um and so looking at things from that perspective like before going into them uh, is just so helpful yeah i'm a big fan of the barter economy and i actually see a parallel with trade work like that being i'm giving you a value it's not mm-hmm. like you can we're just arbit- not arbitrarily but we are assigning numbers to services or products that for some people they think it's too cheap for others they think it's too expensive it really just depends on the person. And I kind of see a parallel with that in mentorship. I'm thinking about me right now learning how to whitewater kayak. People are donating their time and effort to teach me how to whitewater kayak. And they're not asking for money. They're not not expecting anything like that. And I can only hope that by being a mentee, I can provide them something in return down the road or just giving them that experience of being a mentor can be rewarding in itself as well. And they're hopefully learning things from me just as much as I'm learning from them. It's reciprocal. And I feel like when people are taking on roles like that, you know, they are wanting to do it. It's because maybe they're so passionate about that sport that just for them, teaching someone new, getting like growing that community and that sport is enough for them that they've taught someone else how to go do it. That's all they need from it. Um, And so, yeah, I don't think we need to tell people like 
how to make these transactions in their lives. I mean, yesterday I was mountain biking for the first time in years and the first time on a nice mountain bike. <laughs> and Stephanie here at Swell had never met Stephanie before. Meet her and she decides at the end of our first little ride, she's like, hey, want to go out a little bit more? I'm like, oh, with you, a pro? <laughs> yeah. She gave me so many tips. I went back this morning and I practiced riding the berms just like she taught me yesterday and I was able to do it. And that is not something I would have expected coming into this weekend. I did not expect I'm going to drive 10 hours to feel more confident as a beginner mountain biker. And I'm over the moon with it. And it's all thanks to Stephanie's really generous offer to spend time with me, a beginner, just so that she could share the love of the sport. That's amazing. And again, what these events are just about, everyone's so passionate about the outdoors and their their sport, their activity. You can just feel it. It just radiates. Um, so I mean, I highly suggest anybody out there, if you come across events, retreats that you want to go to, and there's a, a number attached to it, you know, try to think of those other things you'll get mm-hmm. out of it. Um, obviously, we know finances are hard and stuff like that, but just know there's good value in them, um, especially when you can just network and meet, you know, potentially lifelong friends. you like, we're never too old to meet new friends. Even though it's hard when you're older. You <laughs> like, make it easier. Yeah. I will be here next year yeah, for sure. And I really can't wait to see this event grow. And, you know, if you want to teach me another mountain biking trick next year, I will learn how, I will, I will teach others how to trail run. Yeah, something there like you that. Go. Yeah. Yes, totally. <laughs> um, so as we wrap up here, tell the people where they can find you, follow you, um, and whatever resources or anything you have for them. Fun. I have some fun resources actually for anyone supporting swell this year at it's angiemarie.com slash swell and on that page I just linked a handful of resources around what we talked about here at swell around menstrual cycles and storytelling so you can find resources there it's angiemarie.com at and versus wild on instagram and my upcoming podcast which taryn has been so supportive of is called for the love of and we are talking with passionate people around the trade-offs that they make in life in order to live that dream passion. So maybe you'll hear Taryn on the show. Who knows? Would love, (laughs) would love. Um, And I think our listeners, like that would resonate with them. Uh, A lot of outdoorsy folks and, you know, maybe inspire some people who are wanting to take that leap. Uh, Hearing those stories could help them finally make the the little jumper step off the the rock, the cliff there to pursue their passions well thank you so much angie and hopefully we get to talk to you again in a longer form i appreciate you taryn you made me come here and i'm so happy i did i'm so happy you did too thank you so i'm here with valerie and heather a couple other vendors and artists here at swell valerie has this incredible art piece in the middle of the campground here last night it looked amazing with the lights i wish i had a camera like good enough to really capture the essence of it in the evening I watched her putting this together from Friday until last night and was just amazed by the the labor it takes to put this together. So I can't wait to hear the story on the piece. And then Heather, she's next to me um, with a table of shrub. Shrub I hadn't heard of before, but I'm sure some of you out there have who are a little more into the uh, gut health or cocktail mixing, which I know I have a few friends out there who are craft cocktail makers, bartenders. And they're also from, uh, they came from California too, a little further west than I came from, but we all made the trek out here. So what brought you guys here? How did you hear about Swell? Um, I met Tammy Jo in Sacramento where Woman Tree was being put up and I met, and I, there was a, um, a conference for youth and Burning Man, who I have done projects for for many years, contacted me and put me in touch with Tammy Jo to put up the Woman Tree in Sacramento. And then she approached me about coming here because she had, she knew she was going to do this project with women-based project, outdoorsy women, and she thought that a sculpture of a tree made of women would completely fit in and I think it does it 100% fits in here I took a couple pictures and videos of it um, so the listeners out there will just have to watch Instagram to see that and do you have um, pictures of it like do you have a social media or website or anything 
Yeah, it's www.womantree.com. Okay, so is this this piece of art, Does it travels with you? You set it up at different um, events and things? No, I first did this project in 2018 is when I created it the first time. And then it, uh, for a week at Burning Man, it, it was the first time I'd actually done a big project at Burning Man at all. And then it sat in storage for years and years. <laughs> and yours, I didn't even think about it really, but the pictures lived on, mm-hmm. and so it's the pictures got shared through social media and all of these other venues. And so, no matter what else I did at Burning Man, it came back to, Oh, yeah, you're the person who did Woman Tree, wow. that made such an impression. So, um, it was uh, only last year at Sacramento, literally nine years later through pictures it resurfaced and they asked me to do it and so I recreated it but this time it has a real tree inside of it and a lot of the figures on there are different than the original tree because time goes by and you change them out Um, so it doesn't every time and so this is the third time it's been out but every time you recreate it it's not the same wow but that's the beauty of it yeah it's a it's it's very poetic when you think about it. Yeah. So to describe this, this it's a tree with a lot of women um, figures coming out of it. Again, I'll post pictures for people to reference. But how did you like? What is woman tree to you? Where did it come from? Where did it stem? How did you create this? Well, um, it all started at Burning Man. Everything starts at Burning Man. <laughs> This is good. This is a timely podcast. Right. Like we're not we're right. not too far off of it. So so yeah, everything starts at Burning Man for everybody, right? Well, this I first went to Burning Man about twenty years ago. I first went to Burning Man 20 years ago and started doing art there, and I had a fascination with mannequins and started doing mannequin art. Yeah, you know, we've all seen that. Well, I liked mannequin art too, and um, people really liked my mannequins. And then my boyfriend at the time said, well, you, the mannequin hands and feet are broken, and you should cast real hands and feet to fit on the mannequins. And so I did that, and after I learned how to cast hands and feet, then I started casting more and more body parts until I got to the point where I started casting the whole body. And it was just this long, gradual process of getting more and more and more brave doing that. And then, so I would say that learning how to body cast was largely self-taught because it, I never actually got formally trained how to do that. And then I... Uh, and then I had so many pieces and parts, I attempted to put them together to create a, quote, woman tree at Burning Man, but it was inside the cafe, and it was different. And they told me at Burning Man that my pieces were getting too big to be in their cafe, and that I should move out into the desert. And so the following year, I actually created woman tree out of all of the pieces and parts that I had been making over the years. And so then... Um, and then that was the first time I had done big desert art because I was told I couldn't work in small spaces anymore because my stuff was too You're big. You're too big. That's You're not a bad thing. Take big. up that space. Yeah, I didn't really consider myself a sculptor. Mm-hmm. I didn't. That wasn't what I visioned for myself. I didn't think I was someone that could do big desert art, and so I was really afraid to do that. But I. Just, they told me, just try it. It's a big desert. Just just put something up. Don't worry about it. You know? And so I just did that. I just put it up. Whatever. And I was... When I first put it up, I, I had no idea what I was doing. All these people were coming over to me saying, Oh, that's so great. That's so wonderful. I just thought that they were, you know, trying to be nice to the person who obviously didn't know what they were doing. Right? You know? Yeah, I knew, well, yeah, woman tree. I knew it was called woman tree because, you know, because that's what it was, a tree of women. There you go, woman tree. Yeah. And so um, then, and I, you know, I was, I had bungee cords and I was just, and I didn't know how to build it all and I was just barely tying it together. And then I put cloth on the whole thing 
and trying to staple it all and it was this big huge mess and I actually it was just really feeling very stupid I said yeah I t see I'm not a sculptor I don't know what how to do this and then um, and then it rained <laughs> You know, the big birdie man rain. But this time it was just for one day. Yeah, not this not, year's. Not, no, no, no. It was just a one-day rain, and I was so upset. I thought, here we go. I tried this, and now I was convinced. Oh, my God. The God hates me. Now, this is proof of it. <laughs> this is absolute proof of it. It was really hard, horrible rain. And I, I just gave up. And then, so the next day after the rain, of course, it's beautiful. And I, and I thought I have to go out and grab all those pieces and drag them back and just accept failure. And, you know, okay, I tried it. It didn't work, right? So I went out into the desert and I couldn't find the piece. I couldn't find the piece. And because I, I was looking for a, a heap of rubble, right? And then I saw this piece way out in the distance. And I thought, what is that? Is that my piece? And I went out to it, and I didn't even know who did it. And I was like, no, 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 you did that. It's like, no, but I didn't do that. It's like, no, you did do that. Because what happened was it rained on all the cloth, which was, which was a cotton-based, and so it was soaked. So the next day when the sun came out and dried it up instantly because it was 100 degrees, it all shrunk. And so... Um, and so the cloth and shrinking, it made, it, it pulled the whole piece together. It just wow. shrank together and it like solidified it. And plus the, the, the dirt, the desert, the dirt was blowing on it. Like the playa was blowing on it. So not only did it shrink, the playa stuck to it, which like casted it. <laughs> it like literally casted it and patinaed it. And I thought, wow, this isn't what I created. The desert created it. Wow. But it taught me how to, the, the, I feel like the world taught me how to do it. That's beautiful. Wow. I yeah. love that. What does woman tree mean to you? Like, what's the, and so those are all real casts of, like, real women? Yeah, so they're wow. all my friends. Some, That's some, that some is of them beautiful. are, like, from 10 years ago. Oh, so, my gosh. Some of them don't even look the same. Wow. And so that was... I think of it more of a, as a totem pole mm -hmm. of women and whose, whose shoulders you're standing on and whose shoulders they're standing on and who's standing on your shoulder and the, kind of in the shape of a tree, the way a tree of life grows. Mm -hmm. And, you know, uh, human beings are not just their own life, but it's the life of a community. It, it grows. The life of a community also grows like a tree. And so then that's what it means to me. And then, and then the life of your community, which is, um, it becomes, a community is its own life force in the world, if you really think about it. Yeah. So that's what it means. That's amazing. Thank you so much for sure. sharing that. So um, people can find you at, what'd you say, womantree.com yeah. is your website? Awesome. Yes. And so are you doing, do you, like, what do you do at home? Uh, do you have a gallery? Do you create art elsewhere? What's your, what's your main shtick? Well, yes, the I mean, I've been creating art for Burning Man every year since, mm -hmm. and um, Roman Tree's never been back to Burning Man. I've been doing other things, and then um, I, I'm a nurse. Wow! Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> and you're in, uh, are you in Petaluma? No, you're in Santa Clara? I'm in Santa... Well, my studio is in Oakland. Oh, okay, okay. My partner's studio is in Santa Clara. Got it, okay. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing the, <laughs> the story of Tree and, and sharing the piece with us here. I just, again, wish I could take it home and have that in my yard. <laughs> I love it so much. And I think anyone, you know, looking at it, it's like they can have their own meaning from it. Like, looking at that, it's going to give you feelings. Sure. <laughs> yeah. It is going to give every woman like their own feelings and they can find their own meaning in it and that's what I think is beautiful about it um and so Heather how did you you guys came together um uh, is that how you found out about Outspring was through scoot in just a yes. touch here because this isn't cord's not gonna reach here <laughs> we we're getting very intimate and uh, you might hear some of the breeze and things flying away but <laughs> um so yeah Heather how did you get to Outspring um, through Valerie, I began, uh, a close family friend of mine and friend of hers 
linked us together earlier this year. And I came in, met Valerie in May, mm -hmm. oh, April wow. or May. Just this May? Yeah. Um, she was gathering a bunch of women together to do some casting. And I have worked, uh, I'm a maker, I've, I'm an artist. I've been working in a variety of materials for all my life. Um, and I am working with another artist who does figurative work. I myself love to do casting work and um, had been doing a lot of resin work recently. And Roselle um, thought we might, um, co I don't know, get 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 along. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Somehow have something to offer yeah. to one another. And we, I, I jumped in on this um, power weekend, and really enjoyed meeting new people and enjoyed what Valerie was doing. Was happy to be part of a group. I'd still been in a bit of isolation post a pandemic and um, doing a lot of elder care. So it just felt really good to be creative and amongst like-minded people. And um, that kind of took on a life of its own over these last few months. And um, when Valerie was invited to do this, she was just on the heels of Burning Man and was a little intimidated to do this trek on her own. And um, I, jumped on board awesome that is amazing um and so you have your own things here like i mentioned the shrub so yeah. can you explain to the people who may not know what a shrub what shrub is not a bush um <laughs> we're not talking about the shrubs that i live amongst in tahoe um but what what have you got here for as well well shrubs are um they've really kind of started to make a comeback in the botanical and farm-to-table culinary movement. <clears throat> um, they were traditionally um, made in colonial times as a way of prolonging fruit from its season and enjoying it throughout the year. Um, then just often mixed with water um, and going through its own natural fermentation. These days, as the whole world of kombucha and other gut health um, beverage products are out there, um, shrubs are becoming another competitor alongside bitters with the mixology world of craft cocktails and mocktails. And alone, they're really, really delightful in just mixing with like a bubbly water. And I own a house in Sonoma County and I have a lot of fruit trees. I'm an avid gardener and I like to really maximize the use of everything that um, naturally grows around us. And I had all these fruit trees that I didn't quite know what to do with. So um, where I had been making a strawberry rhubarb shrub for many summers, I had people that really started to depend on them and, and, and it, it encouraged me to make more of them. And then having all this extra fruit, I just sort of expanded my my flavor fusions. And um, I've been at it for about six years now. Wow. But it's just been kind of a side passion project. Mm -hmm. And um, and so it's been a slow movement, but um, they're really delightful. They are. Uh, I have I just bought three different flavors, so um, I cannot wait. I'm gonna have Heather mix me up a little uh, cocktail for the road with the ginger peach flavor I got because what it's apple cider vinegar and the fruit. Like, is there there's is some that, sugar in there too? Okay, yeah. Um, it's but that's basic. I I mix a lot of like the base fruit of the flavor with other herbs or spices that I think are complimentary mm -hmm. and I make like a simple syrup of that and then I use um, an organic um, apple cider vinegar with the mother that I let brew together for a bit and then I will bottle them you brought so you bottle everything yourself yeah. and label it's, it it's all home based yeah what, very crafty uh, what's the name of your oh, of this company Violetta Vital 
Oh, I missed the Vital part. Yeah, Violetta was um, uh, a name that I was called when I lived in Guatemala as a young child. And Vital is, is my butchered vitality uh, that, that you get as a little boost through these elixirs. I love it. And it's, it's so great because, again, it's a replacement for... I love carbonation, so I love to, you know, like bubbly waters or I try to stay away from sodas as yeah. much as possible, but it's still sometimes, you know, the sugar craving calls, but having and something like this too, yeah, it's like bubbly water is just, you know, just sparkling water. You're not getting anything from it. So the fact that this can add an actual little like nutritional like benefit to it with yeah. the apple cider vinegar and then from like real fruit is like, oh, what a win-win. Absolutely. So I'm excited because I'm like, oh, maybe I can hold off on my caffeine when I leave here <laughs> because uh, this will give me a little boost so I'm not overloaded. That's- <laughs> the other thing is that it, um, you know, I have a lot of friends that no longer drink, um, mm-hmm. and it, so it, it, a lot of times sober people are left out of the festivities, and I think that this is a fun way of offering them something that's just as delicious, if not more. And I find that I tend to bypass that afternoon cocktail, um, <laughs> and have replaced it with these that that give me a boost yeah absolutely i'm a fan of mocktails just to try to like level out like okay i can have two cocktails and then some of these (laughs) instead of like four or six of the cocktails i don't know or just on the nights that you don't want to drink i've been at events and i'm like i just go through phases i don't want to drink but then you're like yeah like you said feel left out there's not a drink in your hand or you want something tasty cocktails are good yeah like but sometimes i just don't feel like getting a buzz sometimes i do but you know so it's it's definitely a nice option um so now that this weekend is wrapping up what's next anything for you to just heading back and are you doing any do you do markets with the shrub? I forgot. I do. I do local markets. I've kind of kept it a very, since it's home-based and it's just me, I do small batches, sort of boutique batches from home. I do local farmer's markets. I do um, holiday fairs and um, special events. I, I have served to caterers and I've been in a couple restaurants in the Bay Area. Awesome. I... I'm soon to have my website up through Shopify, but I've been slow in the whole e-commerce website world because it's just not where I like to spend my time. <laughs> okay. Well, for now, where can do you have social media or a place that people can find you, you until that website's up? You can find me on Instagram. Up? Okay. Um, uh, Violetta Vital. Um, and um, I will be at violettavital.com that you I'm there now but uh, it's just kind of a coming soon um holding at the moment got it I hope to have that live soon awesome and then what about you Valerie for uh woman tree is there a next spot for it uh anything on like planned for it to be be staged it's gonna be at um in downtown San Francisco on the month of April, either probably the second weekend of April, um, in front of um, um, the. Um, I'm having a brain it's, fart. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> the Not City Lights bookstore right next to it. Okay. Um, well, when you think of it, space. no, 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 it's a, it's right on the tip of my tongue. As soon as it comes to you, just let me know because I will link that in show notes so that anyone who listens to this podcast can see, or it's going to be on your website. I'm sh- probably right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, 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 so yeah, people yeah. will be able to see in April where they can find it. Cause like, so we have a lot of Tahoe listeners too. So that's not far from the Bay that hopefully they can go see yeah, it absolutely. in person um, and experience this. <laughs> I know it's right there. It's driving her crazy that the name is on the tip of the tongue. Yeah, I can see it. It's, yeah. no, it's right next. It's 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 in, it's, no, it's in North Beach. It's right next to. Um, it's it's right next to City Lights Bookstore. Okay, right next to City Lights Bookstore. I'm sorry, in Kerouac Alley, Jack Kerouac Alley. Okay, cool, awesome. I said I will. I'll write that down so anyone listening here can. Uh, 
check it out and, and make that note in their cal calendar for the spring. Um, what a good time for it to be there. Uh, before we, yeah. yeah, before we take off here and say goodbye, anything you ladies want to leave the listeners with at all? Um, well, this has been a really lovely weekend. It was um, accidental that I kind of came on the coattails here with Valerie, but hearing that it was a women's conference, um, I knew that it was uh, something that would be beneficial for all of us just yeah. in supporting other women and what their ventures are. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you, ladies, so much for having a chat with me. It was lovely meeting you here, and I hope we're paths can cross sometime again yeah sure thanks, thanks ladies okay right. here we have anna of chick fly so anna chick fly is a i guess i better have you explain it i think you're gonna explain it better and it's always a little i think more authentic when uh when you can put it into your own words because i just want to make sure your real mission is coming across okay. so what is chick fly um, Chick-Fly is a company that I started with pants that have a fly that works for women and for everybody. So they have another way to open your pants. And um, instead of a zipper fly, they have a lower fly that's a um, stretched pull-apart fly. So there's no clasps or um, zippers or buttons of any kind. It just pulls apart and then it snaps back into place. Amazing. I can instantly see why that fits into Swell, um, of being an outdoorsy women's gathering. What did bring you to Swell? How did you hear about it? Well, we got an invitation email, and um, obviously I identify with being an outdoorsy woman. And uh, actually, Shannon, who checks our email, was like, we have to go to this. Um, and I think just like I'm interested in having a conversation with other entrepreneurs, other women that are entrepreneurs in the outdoor industry, and also just that, you know, add about women that also need pockets in the outdoors. And I'm like, yes, pockets. Um, we need pockets and we need to pee easily. Yes. Two things, pockets <laughs> and peeing. Yeah. So simple. Amazing. Where, how long has Chick-fil-A been going? Um, the e-commerce or online website, kickfly.com, has been going for two years, and we launched on Kickstarter about a year and a half ago. I mean, sorry. Um, and we launched on Kickstarter two and a half years ago. Awesome. Do you Are you a fully e-commerce right now, or do you have brick and, a brick and mortar yourself, or are you in stores? What's the? How do people get hold of a pair of pants? Or I see this amazing jumpsuit, too. One on the mannequin and two on Tammy Joe right now. So it's an amazing piece. <laughs> right now, you can buy them at chickfy.com, and we're just starting to do wholesale. So we've just, like, got that prepared, but we haven't, like, launched it or done that yet um, and we are also looking at potentially licensing our patent for um, some of the uh, specific types of gear that we just can't make in-house mm. because we feel like things need to get out to people fast like yeah. I don't see us having time to make for example like a snowsuit that you know works for women I don't have the um, R&D budget to mm -hmm. do that right now so we'd like to work with other companies as well and just get this technology out there that's amazing I mean because there's power in collaboration and that's a topic we've talked about on the podcast and I think Angie and I maybe earlier talked about but it's like women don't need to just always be competitive right we're supposed to work together and so like you your mission is to provide this to women and to do that in a bigger way is to use your technology with the people who have the capital or whatever they need to make the more like technical gear I'm guessing like hiking pants or things that again take a little more testing or material or something or space to make yeah no I absolutely believe in working together and like cluster marketing and I think if other people are producing similar products or with flies that work for women etc it just validates my product and shows that there's a need and so I'm really excited about working with other businesses and other women absolutely it's like there's room for all of us just because one product exists in the market doesn't mean you ha have the same or similar idea that yours can't exist either um because even with podcasts, right, everyone's for somebody else. There's going to be people that are for you, people who aren't for you. So there are people out there that your product is for. And especially if you're able to expand um, into the more like the stuff you can't make, but by still using your technology. Yeah. And like 
the women at Nara, for example, are making this amazing product, oh, and I and I'm so happy that they're out there um, because it's a product I'm not making. And really, I think that the need to have pants that make it easy for women to pee in the outdoors is so great that we really need lots of different people working on the product the, the product design process and coming up with different ideas and stuff and even if I did have an unlimited budget like I wouldn't be able to do it all like it has to come from lots of different directions I think that's a really good point a lot of us try to you know do it all I have a problem of trying to do everything myself and not either asking for help or I like to collaborate for sure but when it comes to the fact when I just need help. It's really hard sometimes to say, I need help. Um, So I can appreciate for sure like your outlook on it all. It's wonderful. It's beautiful to see and hear Um, from this weekend. What did you, what did you gain from, from the weekend? What was, did any one thing stick out to you or just an overall message or anything that you got? Um, so much. I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure it out. I mean, I think what I learned is that I really need to do more events like this and really focus on networking. I I launched my business in the middle of COVID. And so I was so social media focused because there was no other option and it's kind of been draining me a little bit. So I think I need to like just greatly reduce that and start putting my energy into coming to more events like this. That's amazing. And again, one thing that we talked about is the the power of human connection and being in front of people, especially as a brand too. So, um, people can see it, touch it, feel it, and make that connection with you, which I think can just be so much more powerful than liking the image on social media. Right? They've, yeah. they've met you. They now have connected with you. And now they're going to be like, oh, my God, this woman is amazing. You have to check out her product. <laughs> like, So it's just a, a whole different and I think more powerful way to connect and get get the movement out there so amazing well before we end this or anything where can people find you social media email or not email but uh unless you take emails um website all that our website is kickfly.com the email is wow w-o-w at kickfly.com on facebook we're kickfly and on instagram we're kickfly pants for a start Amazing. Again, all that's going to be linked in there so you guys can find Anna. Check out her product because I know of many of the women listening to this need to pee in the outdoors a little more easily. And like I said, just having different options is, is important out there. And sometimes it's not even like outdoors, right? You maybe just have to go quickly. <laughs> there's a lot, there's a lot of variety. Like there's, it's, it's a form of adaptive clothing. So it's good for people with disabilities and that includes men with disabilities. Um, I could give you some examples of how people have used them with different disabilities. Like, for example, um, a woman who's a forager in Alberta in, you know, really um, cold weather uses them for her insulin pump because she can thread the insulin pump through the fly and then easily go pee. And normally, she says, when she pulls down her pants to pee, it will often rip it out of her leg. And um, she also says by having the pocket so close to her skin, it stops it from freezing because she's... Body warm. Yeah. Yeah, she's in Ontario, and so it keeps it actually functioning. And that's an example. Um, I also know a man who purchased them originally to do whitewater rescue because they have such a high waistband he uses them as a base layer under his dry suit and he said normally his leggings separate from his shirt and his stomach gets cold but then several months later he wrote me back and said i had you know to have testicular surgery for cancer and these were the most comfortable pants because i could open them without disturbing my balls and they were like the only thing I could wear for several days after surgery. So that's just like kind of like the extreme. So yeah. um. that's amazing though, because like you said, it's it doesn't have to be looked at as just this is what it's for. There's so many different ways and and uses, and being able to have those examples is just great and yeah. and amazing to hear. Because then also, you know, other people can just start thinking of it in another way, mm-hmm. which yeah. you don't want to be one dimensional, no, as any kind of brand, <laughs> right? So. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, before we get out of here, is there anything you want to leave the audience with at all? Um, I guess I'd say like we have a mission about sustainability and our product is locally manufactured in the Bay Area and our packaging doesn't have any plastic or any waste. It's biodegradable and um, 
we're really inclusive about like everybody using chick fil pants. So thank you. I love that so much. And what a crew from California we have here. It's on Northern California. Yeah, totally. Yep. Um and yeah, so many of the vendors and artists. So that's that's amazing. And hopefully, you know, we can all make it out next year and I hope to see you around again, and I'll be on the lookout of uh, Chick-fil-A in the outdoor industry stores and obviously linking to you. And hopefully we can have a longer conversation down the road, too, to learn more about Chick-fil-A and the whole beginnings of it and, and your whole story. Yeah, well, thank you so much, Karen. You're welcome. Thank you. That about wraps up the weekend at Swell. I did get to talk to one more vendor who wasn't featured in this compilation episode, and that was Stency Graves of Stency Swim. We got to chat for a bit longer, so her episode will be a standalone episode, and we'll get to hear all about her journey into becoming a professional kiteboarder, building her business, Sensi Swim, and where she's at today with coaching, mentoring, and speaking. This was such a great weekend, gathering with like-minded women and just reinforcing how important it is for these in-person events to happen so we can really create that connection and share our love for the outdoors together. We'll talk to you all soon, and thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode and would do us a huge favor since we don't have any sponsors or anything like that and would rate and review us on whatever platform it is you use, Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, uh, whatever it is. And if you're listening and downloading just through the website, tearingituppodcast.com, leave comments. Um, We'll definitely engage back with you. And on social media right now, we're just on Instagram, tearingituppodcast is the handle like the posts, share the posts, comment on the posts, whatever it is you got, um, show us your love so we just stay relevant and show up in the rankings at all. So again, rate and review, please, and we'll see you next time. Thanks.